<laughs> okay, so Live Darts Iceland, where we like to bring you darts all around the world. Today we're in sunny Las Vegas, Nevada. Sunny? Are you used to the sunny weather, DJ Sayer? Um, this time of year I am, but normally I, I come from a place that has four seasons, so we go from 30 degrees to 80 degrees to 40 degrees in a matter of a week, so. But th this week is pretty good for, for weather. Where are you living now? Ohio, uh, in the U.S. Okay, Ohio. So on the, sort of the east, did you call it the east? Uh, we're, I think we're actually classified as Midwest. Uh, we, we get a lot of the lake effect because we like, we're surrounded by the Great Lakes to our north. So we, uh, we certainly get some, some crazy weather where I am. But this time of year is our summer, so we do all right. Well, in Iceland, where this is going out from, um, as they've got all sorts of seasons as well. In every five minutes, the weather's changing. I'd say it's probably a little bit more sturdy, wouldn't you, in, uh, in Ohio? Uh, I mean, every five minutes, sure. But, uh, yeah, we, our weather changes rapidly, honestly. Like, a lot of the, the memes that go around are directed towards Ohio weather. Like, we're, we're probably the worst for, for changing. Fantastic. Well, we're here today to talk about darts. I'm joined by DJ Sayer in Las Vegas. First, first question I've got, if some people might have had a look on Dark Connect, it would say Dennis Sayer. But you prefer DJ. Any reason why? Or just a little bit cooler? Uh, honestly, it was a nickname I was given by uh, my family when I was a kid because I am a Dennis Jr. So everyone calling my dad Dennis, I think it was just natural that I became DJ. So that's that's what I've always been. It's it's honestly kind of weird when I hear someone that I know well call me Dennis. Like I once had my brother introduce me as Dennis and like instantly my head snaps up and I was like, what did you say? Like, because he's never called me Dennis as far as I was aware. So yeah, it's, it's DJ. That's what I prefer. Absolutely. Um, you qualified to the U.S. Darts, um, what do they call it now? Masters. That's it, U.S. Darts Masters, I know what I'm talking about, apparently, um, last year. Um, let's talk about last year really quickly. Expectations going into qualifying, what were you thinking? Uh, so coming into the weekend, I mean, that was the first big one for for the U.S. Uh, for anything on this magnitude. I I don't know, I certainly felt I was capable of, uh, of getting in. In fact, I had even kind of made the statement that it'll be my going away party or my coming out party because if I, I kind of felt like if I didn't qualify, it was a letdown and maybe I shouldn't be putting as much time as I do into the game. But I, I did manage to get through on Order of Merit. I think I finished second on the Order of Merit. Uh, but the, the experience on the stage, I mean, I was a bag of nerves the entire time, pretty much both matches. I did get a little more settled the second day, but, yeah, it was a... Uh, it was an experience for sure. The uh, the nerves, the nerves were crazy. And I bet it was like nothing you've experienced before. No, no, no. Especially not in the game of darts. I mean, I've played in some big events, uh, the World Masters and whatnot, but never, never to uh, to that level to have. And then to have the hometown crowd. Like I absolutely love the support. It's great to hear your name. However, you're now playing for a lot of people, not just yourself. I would almost rather be the uh, on like the away turf and and not have everyone cheering for me because I don't feel like I'm letting people down right behind me. So I don't know. It's just a uh, it's it's a different it's a different animal on that stage. So prior to um, obviously last year's event, what sort of crowds were you playing um, in, in? In sort of in the biggest capacity, not necessarily by number, but by experience, by atmosphere. What sort of was going on in the crowds? Um, so in the U.S., we don't get a lot of crowds, to be honest. Um, I mean, we we have the CDC tour. It's been going on for about three or four years now, and uh, even there, uh, in, it's it's so hard because a lot of times our, our 
like it, it's mainly only players in attendance or maybe like players and players wives or, or family um, rarely do you get just fans showing up to support the event in America so it's usually I mean maybe 20 30 people sticking around to watch the final or something like that uh, maybe darts live events with the soft tip side I've played on stage there and, and had you know a couple hundred rooting but never to the, the size or capacity of what's here what have you played the darts live in Las Vegas? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. What would you say the crowd is like there, in compared to your CDC things and other general larger tournaments? Um, darts live is is much bigger than any of the CDCs or anything like that. It, it, it it's kind of the CDCs. It can't really be compared to the stage events for from the PDC, just because it's more of like a floor event. Like we we don't really have that big staged event. It's it's more so like the players are are playing on the floor for the PDC. So there's not really much cheering or anything. There there might be some spectators, but there's no real loud cheering or anything allowed. I mean they 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 kind of turn the music on softly, but it's nothing to uh to have the crowd ruckus or anything. Why darts? The question for you. Why? What? What is it about darts? We'll go on to darts in America in a bit because obviously you know, there's progression certainly due to this event, due to other sort of events. For you, darts. How do you get into it? Why darts? So I first picked up darts when I was about 12 years old. My parents actually joined a local soft tip league, and I, I'm the youngest of four boys, and we were always super competitive. So naturally, when my parents joined a dart league, they went out and bought a soft tip dartboard, hung it in the garage, and before I know it, like me and the brothers were playing pretty regularly, competing against each other. And it actually, uh, I mean, like I said, I was 12, and I, I wasn't. I wasn't the most uh, avid or natural uh, player at the beginning, but uh, as the years went on, I, I certainly uh, I just I fell in love with it. I got to be about 16 or 17. I was playing most days, and I kind of made the commitment that I'm either going to get better or stop because I absolutely hate playing anything that I suck at, other than maybe golf. Like I'll I'll do terrible in golf and still go. But uh, I think being American, you have to sort of be involved in golf or at least like golf. Yeah, there's something to that, I mean, but it, it's just one of those things. Like, I if if I'm absolutely terrible at something, I the competitive spirit won't allow me to continue to play it. So, darts for me was uh, was something that I was pretty keen at, and that uh, I could play pretty regularly, even at a young age. I was allowed to actually go into the pubs and play in the tournaments and stuff like that. So, obviously, you'd only know what it's like to be a darts player in America. But would you imagine that it'd be a little bit more difficult for you being American, where darts hasn't necessarily progress so rapidly as it might have done in let's say Europe in regards to opportunities and stuff would you say that's maybe a little bit more difficult than if you were you know European uh yeah I mean that's that's kind of twofold like do I think um if darts was more popular in America that I would have more opportunity absolutely but at the same time, if darts was more popular, there'd be a lot more players, and that you know, kind of liquefying the the field, it, it it's gonna force you to again get better or, you know, stop playing. So it, I absolutely believe that my competitive drive would take over and I would get better, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it we're, we're certainly at a disadvantage being in uh in America just because if you, it's kind of like I, I compare it to to other 
things, if you will. If you want to be in you know, uh, Broadway, you go to New York. If you want to be in show business, you go to L.A. If you want to be in NASCAR, you go to North Carolina. For darts, if you want to be a professional dart player, you go to Europe. Like, that's just the way it is. And us being in America, that's a, that's a tough ask. Like, I, I commend Dawson Michelle for uh, for doing it last year. I mean, he, he had a good run here, and then he, he uprooted him his, his entire self. I mean, he's a young man. He can do it. But uh, it takes a lot of cojones to actually – pull the trigger on that and I respect that yeah to be full-time professional to play in every single you know event mainly in Europe it takes a little bit of doing doesn't it yeah I, I think if you're uh and, and I've actually um had you know an offer to to maybe give it a real go uh this coming year go to Q school and stuff like that and it's still something I'm gonna you know mull over but uh but it, it's it's a heck of a commitment to actually uproot your entire you know, livelihood and everything and, and move to a foreign country where, I mean, the earliest way you can get home is an eight-hour flight. So, <laughs> I don't know. That makes it uh, makes it pretty tough. I think you have to have a uh, the right the right support system, if you will. Like, like I think Dawson has a, a great family and stuff like that, and it's made it uh, made it easy for him. But for most Americans, especially dart players, there's there's very few that are actually competitive at the highest level at that young of an age. So most of them are established with careers and families and whatnot, and it's just not feasible to make the move that far. It's going to sound a bit of a weird question, but if you could guarantee that, not necessarily guarantee, but be in the big events in Europe, play well, play at the top of your game week in, week out. Obviously, there's a lot of money involved, but would you do it with a click of a finger or would it be something you'd have to think about? Just because obviously you've mentioned the massive commitment involved and you'd have to not necessarily leave your life behind, but certainly change massive elements of your life in order to accommodate the darts. If you could have it as a full-time career, is that something you would do? Certainly. Uh, the, the gut instinct, if you're, if you're asking me for a snap decision, if I can be top 10 in the world, a Premier League player, and you know having to play 40 to 45 weekends a year like those guys have to, I would certainly make that commitment. Um, but with that, because of what Barry Hearn and the PDC is doing, comes a great living. And that's where you get to the point that you can have your wife travel with you and whatnot. Because, I mean, my wife actually has a really good career. I Like, it would be very selfish of me right now to be a starting dart player, a professional dart player, and ask her to give up her career, if you will. So um, just to – but, yeah, if, if, I, if I knew that I would be, you know, Premier League-type player and be able to earn the type of living that those guys earn to where I can afford to bring the wife with me all the time and stuff, it would be a no-brainer. Let's talk the present. So you walked into Mandalay Bay um, a couple of days ago in attempt to qualify for the U.S. Um, championship. Um, what were your expectations, and did you feel any added on pressure because you'd obviously qualified the year before, or did you actually feel a little bit less pressure because you've, you've shown that you can do it? You know, what's the worst that could happen sort of thing? Um, so answering that in reverse, and uh, as far as the, the pressure goes, I, I would say that you come in with a, a little more pressure, however you come in with a little more experience. So they kind of balance each other out. Yeah. But um, the uh, what was the first part? I'm sorry. Uh, but the but coming into it, my expectation—that's what it was. Um, I, I certainly expected to to be one of the eight. I I think uh, I think last year I believed I was going to be one of the eight, and this year I did expect it. I I know that with with the draw system, you can always have a couple of bad draws, but I mean, it, I don't know. I've I've been pretty consistent over the last three or four years. 
as being one of the top finishers in, in most all long format 501 events. Uh, rarely do I finish outside the, the quarterfinals in any of the CDC events and stuff. So I absolutely felt like I, uh, I should qualify and anything less than qualifying was a disappointment. Um, so you say obviously you're used to the quarterfinals within the CDC thing. Um, was this, when you're playing darts, is it dependent on the tournaments? say that correctly does it depend on the tournament as in your, the amount of pressure that you're feeling or was this um, when you came into it the other day it was just another game of dance and whatever happened happened because there is a crowd and there's some things that have got to get to you but at the same time it is the same game the rules are exactly the same um, so I don't think that I'm at a point in my darting career with enough experience to just view every game as a game. Um, clearly, like Gary Anderson can with uh, what he did to me yesterday. But um, but no, it it's certainly different. If I play a local event, it, it is just another game of darts. And then when I go to say a CDC event, it's it's a slightly more pressure, and you know I feel the the need to perform for one for my sponsors, but for the commitment that I've made. I mean. To travel, you know, jump in a car and drive seven and a half hours to go to an event, I certainly feel a responsibility to do well. And then coming here, I mean, it's a different animal, but I was actually very pleased with the way I was able to handle the nerves this year. Because I was was more nervous last year. But I think that just comes with experience. But I was still nervous this year. I, I felt the, the hand shaking a little bit and, and stuff. But if you can feel the shake, recognize it and play through it and play well, you're doing all right. Eventually the shake will go away, I think. What did you feel in your mind the differences were between the general, not necessarily the quality of the opponent, but the general um, atmosphere regarding your game against Dawson Michelle and your game against Gary Anderson? Because it's the same stage, it's the same venue. The crowd, probably a little bit bigger for the Anderson game, but, you know, it's still a big crowd and pretty loud at the important times. What was in your mind the differences? Um, so it, it's, it's odd. I mean, it, the, the crowd being, uh, being quite a bit American and Canadian for the Dawson match, I, it, it felt like, uh, I mean, I certainly heard my supporters get the DJ Sarah chants going and stuff, but usually as soon as that happened, the, uh, the Dawson supporters kind of came right back with their support. So it, uh, it really balanced itself out, and we were just putting on a show. I felt like we both played pretty well. The scoring was there. I mean, he kicked off with a 180 the very first shot, if I remember correctly. Like, And then he went 5-for-5 five five on doubles to, to open. And I mean, I'm sitting there with, I believe, a 107 average after five legs, and I'm down 4-1. Like, alright, if this is what it's going to be, this is what it's going to yeah. be. But, uh... But then to the to the Gary match, <laughs> um, the venue set up a little different this year than it was last year. Uh, last year, the, the the Red Eye Rhino ticket sales were kind of in the middle crowd stage, um, whereas this year the European fans were directly in the middle, so they're a little more right on top of you. And there was definitely some Gary Anderson support going on. And don't get me wrong, he earned every right of like them supporting him. I mean, he he put on a show, and it was it was actually great to watch. I'm sure, but. Uh, but the crowd definitely got going for Gary at one point, and I, I wasn't expecting that. Like, I, I felt like the uh, – I didn't realize how many European fans there were. I thought the American crowd would pull through, and maybe he would feel that pressure. But he opened up so well that the uh, they had no choice. You have to support that. I mean, when a man's on a nine-darter, stuff like that, like, he's entertaining, and you have to respect that. And he's cool as a cucumber as well, isn't he? Oh, yeah. I, uh, I've actually seen Gary uh, – 
complain a couple of times when like somebody doesn't step off all the way so uh like i made sure that i did that because i didn't want him to like i i didn't want him to bash me around the board but at the same time like i don't want to do anything to affect this man putting on this show because at some point it just felt like he was pretty surreal up there can't be easy as well with a man who's got one of the you know, one of the most notorious chants in the BDC, Gary, 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 Gary Anderson, you know, that must have uh, not necessarily gone to him, but I'm sure you enjoyed the experience. Absolutely. I, I, I had, I certainly enjoyed this year more than last year because I felt like I gave a little better representation of who I am as a dart player. But more than that, I think I was able to kind of appreciate the the surrounding and everything last year i put a lot of pressure on myself as weird as that is um just to do well because it was the first time like you have to put on a good show and and stuff and this time i kind of went out there just let them fly and knew that i was playing well i think i had a bit more confidence this year coming in as well so i just uh i just kind of let the dart speak for themselves and barring probably four legs over the two matches i felt like i played very well absolutely your future in the sport, what are your immediate thoughts as of sort of now? Because I know you're going to have to sit down and think, you know, where is this going to go? What am I going to do? Do I give it a shot? But what's your general, your general thoughts for what you can do and maybe what you will do? Um, so I guess the, uh, the what I can do is I, I, I truly believe that with the right experience and, you know, playing against the, the guys that average 112 pretty consistently, um, I will improve. Like I, I certainly, I certainly think that I can I can get to a level that is uh, competitive in the PDC tour. But can I do that right now? Um, that's that's a decision I still have to think about. I, I again I keep going back to the to the family thing and stuff. Just having to uproot. I I know I've heard stories of uh, certain PDC players like Kyle Anderson coming from Australia and being away from his wife and kids for six months at a time. I, I, I know that I can't do that. I, I can sit here right here now and tell you that there's no way I can be away from my wife for six months. How military families and stuff like that deal with that, I have the utmost respect. There's no way that I can do that as an individual. Um, but maybe a month or two months at a time, and you know, it's it, and it is only an eight-hour flight back home to see the wife, rather than a twenty-six-hour flight that Kyle faces. Um, yeah, I, I certainly would like to, to think about that more. I, uh, I'm not ruling it out. Let's put it that way. So the future may well be bright for you. Certainly, I, uh, I would. I would love to be a PDC professional, Premier League type player, and uh, and get to play in the majors and on that stage more often because it it makes you want to play on it more. I mean, just playing on it the the four times that I have, I can't wait to play on it the fifth time. Lastly, let's talk about darts in America and where do you see darts in America in one year's time and in ten years' time? Um, so there's certainly been a shift over the last three or four years with the CDC guys. I, uh, I have to admit, if, without the tour from the CDC, the uh, the game itself and, and my game as well would not be where it is. Like, we're, we're still getting bashed around. I mean, they're, they're still putting on a show against us, but uh, but we're, we're able to win a, a match or two against these guys right now. And that's, that's a lot of credit to the CDC tour because, and I've seen it, I was that player five years ago that wasn't, 
anywhere near the player I am today. Uh, so we're, we're improving. We're, we're getting there. It's going to take a lot more time. But, uh, but I mean, everything's moving in the right direction. With the, the support of the PDC and stuff, it really legitimizes what uh, the CDC guys are doing. And I hope that they stick around because I do know that we can get there. We just need a bit more fan support, and we need the uh, the competitive dart players to show up. But at the same time, it, the ends have to justify the means because, you know, it's, it's, it's a commitment. And we, we all need to kind of pull together, make that commitment to try to grow the game to what we want it to be. I've also noticed, you know, a few American players in the dance live and the soft tip as well. Do you think that's going to grow? Uh, I mean, that, that has continued to grow. Uh, we've, we've kind of been competitive on the uh, soft tip side for as long as I can remember. Uh, I mean, that, that goes back to the, to the early days of, you know, Chris White and Ray Carver, and I'm going to leave out a lot of names, but, but those guys going over there and being competitive from, from very early on because we've, we've kind of had soft tip around at forever, and the, the Asian platform kind of uh, made – made soft tip darts a, a feasible financial opportunity that that even myself I've flown to Hong Kong and Japan and stuff like that to play in the soft tip uh, side of things as well like the the money's there to be had and we're more competitive there I mean like it's a little easier to justify a two thousand dollar trip to make 15 grand when you know you can win it but as of right now, there's no American player that can go win the PDC World Championship. It's going to take some time on the tour to grow, stuff like that. So, so yeah, I mean, the, the Darts Live has continued to grow in America just with soft tip darts as well. But, uh, but it's, it's still going to take some, some time. I, I don't think we're far behind in that at all, though. And are you going to continue your soft tip journey as well as obviously your steel tip? Are you going to carry on playing the soft tip events? Uh, yes, I, I started in soft tip, so it'll always have a place in my heart. I do prefer steel tip more, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, my starting in soft tip, absolutely. I will always, like in, in my dart room now, I actually have a uh, soft tip machine and two different steel tip boards because like I will play both and they're, they're both always fun to me. I, I'll never give up either one. DJ Sayer talking to us for Live Darts Live and appreciate your time. Very great insight. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you.